Welcome to the All Things Purchase podcast, coming to you remotely today and for the immediate future. The escalation of the COVID-19 pandemic has been unprecedented, and the first priority is, of course, keeping family and friends safe. But we know folks are also scrambling to assess what it means for business and specifically for government contracts. Our colleagues have posted and will continue to post detailed guidance and webinars on such things as the trillion-dollar CARES legislation, the numerous travel restrictions and stay-at-home orders currently in effect, and a host of other topics such as how to secure your present and future rights to contract delay and disruption claims. Today, though, Rob, Christian, and I are going to briefly cover some of the impacts the pandemic is having on procurements and bid protests. Rob, take us away on procurements. Thanks, Olivia. And I echo that I hope everyone is staying safe. As far as procurements, let's start with pre-existing or shall we say normal procurements to the extent anything is normal nowadays. The guidance with any pre-existing or normal procurements is essentially business as usual. If there was an RFP out, if you're already preparing a proposal and or you have a deadline, meet the deadline, follow the deadlines, follow the criteria. It will be important of course to keep an eye on beta.sam.gov and any other government platform or communications that you receive about updates to the solicitation or updates to the deadline. But unless there are updates to the deadline, you still need to comply with solicitation requirements and deadlines. That's key. We know everyone is juggling a lot of activities now, but please make sure to stay on top of deadlines for proposals, as there may not be any opportunity to correct an issue if a deadline is missed. Also, with many folks working remotely nowadays, and with different companies furloughing or requiring mandatory leave for certain employees, make sure that you have multiple points of contact set up to receive communications about solicitations. You wouldn't want an email going to an individual who will be out at the office until after the deadline is passed. Next, we have emergency procurements, such as for medical devices and supplies and other critically needed items. If you make any such products, or if you're contemplating making any such products, you're going to want to monitor updates closely to learn of new opportunities. On a daily and in fact, even hourly basis, the government is posting new information about the COVID-19 pandemic and about emergency acquisitions. In fact, there are numerous websites that will list with this podcast where DOD and other agencies have set up emergency acquisition procedures and information. Things are fast paced, so be prepared to submit proposals immediately and to engage in discussions and contract negotiations rapidly, often outside regular business hours. Also know that agencies have at their disposal and are readily using a variety of emergency-specific laws and regulations, such as urgent and compelling sole sources and other streamlined acquisition methods that allow them to get needed supplies as fast as possible. You'll find some of the emergency acquisition procedures that agencies are using outlined at FAR Part 18. You will also find other unique provisions such as PREP Act coverage or Section 85-804, which may provide for indemnity and other excuses from liability for things that might arise with some of these emergency procurements and with making devices in response to the pandemic. Finally, another item to be aware of is the Defense Priorities and Allocations System Program, or DPAS for short. Our colleagues have put out detailed information on DPAS and how it can allow the government to place rated orders and for you to place with your subcontractors and suppliers rated orders to ensure that the supply chain is protected and expedited. We'll keep track of all of these fast-paced developments and keep you updated as best as possible about how to avail yourself of them and to aid the government in this time of need.
And so I'm going to jump in and talk about how we're seeing evaluation criteria and proposal instructions changed. And we're seeing it for some types of emergency procurements, but also likely on a going forward basis, contractors may be asked to address these types of topics. And so one bucket that we're seeing added into solicitation are that contractors explain if they need to use such things as PPP for the services being provided, how they're going to ensure they have sufficient amounts of that to actually perform the work as they're supposed to. I think another thing with all these stay-at-home orders and the quarantines and as states across the nation keep implementing these may be an explanation of how contractors are going to ensure that they have sufficient workforce in light of all these restrictions. The second bucket where we're seeing evaluation criteria change is contractors are being asked to explain how they're complying with such things as like the social distancing requirements and also to address their policy should someone come down with COVID-19 during the performance of the government contract, how would they respond? So these are the types of things that we're seeing put into solicitations right now. It came with a lot of speed and we don't see it going away over the next couple months. So, so contractors should just be aware and ready to address these types of issues if they're going to be responding to solicitations in the future. Kroll's done a huge push to be monitoring and updating clients about things like stay-at-home orders and now that the states are issuing quarantine orders and stuff like that. And we've got a lot of great folks uh, across practice groups who are helping to advise on policies and compliance with those types of things. So look to our COVID-19 resources page for that information and please reach out as needed to help with those types of policies and procedures. Thanks, Olivia. Great points. And again, listeners, be aware that despite all of the expedited processes and procedures, you need to take care of your families first and also your employees and to protect yourself. So in your speed to respond to solicitations, in your speed to address these new requirements, make sure that you're also considering liability provisions and not over committing. We all want to address this pandemic as best as possible and to be there for each other and to produce vitally needed supplies. But sign up for requirements that you can meet and be sure to consider all the contingencies that will need to go into this emergency contracting situation. And with that, Christian, you want to take us through some of the ramifications for bid protests specifically? Sure. Thanks, Rob. So protests at GAO are still operating business as usual, as far as we can tell. GAO has not made any indication, at least that we've seen on active cases, that the 100-day statutory deadline is going to be paused. Now, obviously, GAO, like every other agency and every other private business are dealing with the real-time ramifications of quarantine orders and things like that. So you may notice short delays depending on which attorney you're working with and what their personal situation is. But as far as we can tell, that has not impacted how protests have gone forward. Both GAO and the Court of Federal Claims have moved everything now to teleconferencing, so there don't appear to be any in-person hearings. But you should just keep your eyes peeled on any of the cases that you have as the policies and procedures for those remote arrangements are changing as the court and GAO adapt. As with proposal submission deadlines, the GAO filing deadlines have not changed. You'll need to monitor your agency-specific communications on active procurements to ensure that you're getting your protests into the right points of contact for the agency notice uh, provisions. 
But other than that, the filing deadlines are still there and are not changing. In terms of protesting emergency procurements, as a practical matter, most of these procurements, or many of them, are, are going to be issued on a sole source basis. They're being negotiated very quickly. As Olivia pointed out, things are rapidly evolving. But in terms of sole source procurements, the rules are the same that sole source procurements justified on an urgent and compelling basis still don't require a JNA to be posted until, in some cases, 30 days after award. So you may not see notice of these sole source procurements until well after they've started, given the pace with which things are evolving and procurements are being issued. And even in the event you do see a procurement move forward on a sole source basis that you think just should have been competed, if you protest that procurement at this point, it's very likely, I think, that the stay would be overridden. It depends on the circumstances, obviously, of each case, but in the event that the government is putting out sole source procurements for urgent needs for medical supplies and things like that, it's probably not going to be very hard for the government to justify a stay override. Now, that is to say, in cases where the government has made a compelling case that they need things like masks and testing kits immediately, and the sole source is done for a reasonable period of time, I think what folks may need to look out for is if the government is awarding a contract like this for 10 years, that may be harder to justify as, as urgent and compelling. So you'll need to keep your eyes peeled to ensure that the terms of these sole source JNAs, even when they are posted, are kind of on the up and up and that the government is not trying to get something through or makes an error and put something out that could impact things for far longer than the sole source justification is necessary. Christian mentioned making errors. Everybody is moving at such speed and under such difficult circumstances that in the normal course, there's often errors in procurement processes. We're expecting to see an uptick in things going wrong. And frankly, we're expecting to see an uptick in, in protests following that. So just from what we're seeing already. Yeah, that's a really good point, Olivia. I think not only in the emergency space are things moving more rapidly, but we've seen news out of DOD that existing procurements in some cases are being accelerated in terms of the timeframes for submission and award because the Department of Defense agencies want to get existing things out the door and wrapped up, I think, or they're realizing that it may take longer in terms of lead time for evaluation or getting ramped up so they want to get the awards out. So it's something to keep an eye out for, for sure. I also think, and as some of our Kroll colleagues have been reporting on this week through webinars and other client alerts, obviously the, the situation with claims is rapidly evolving as well, and contractors should take heed to really document everything you can if you're delayed and ensure you get those markers in so that a couple months down the line here, if you're delayed by the pandemic or the agency's delaying for reasons like that, then you can circle back with them for requests for equitable adjustment and potential claims. And we've got a laundry list of content that we've been putting out on our website in terms of podcasts and webinars, and we'll link that information to the podcast here so that that's available to everybody because we realize that everything is rapidly evolving. Uh, we want to make sure you stay up to date. With that, we'll let you go. Everyone stay safe, and thanks for listening. 
The All Things Protest podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at kroll.com slash allthingsprotest.